0: Welcome to another episode of Kodo Cinema, the podcast show where I talk about movies. I'm your host, The Man, the Myth, the Legend, Mark Kodo, aka Kodo Man. Well, Christmas is already over, so are there any leftover Christmas films I can talk about before the new new the new year kicks in? Well, how about Home Alone 2? Why Home Alone 2? Well, because it came out in 1992. Which is also celebrating its 30th anniversary as well. Yep, so there, so yep, for this episode's topic, I'm gonna to talk about Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. Although I refer to it as Home Alone 2, but Home Alone 2 Lost in New York, I mean, I can understand that. The second Home Alone film, Home Alone 2 Lost in New York, is a 1992 American comedy Christmas film, or. An American Christmas comedy film directed by Chris Columbus who directed the first film and and is being written and produced by John Hughes who also contributed to the first Home Alone film that came out in 1990 and this is also as I mentioned Home Alone 2 is actually the second film in the Home Alone franchise. The film has the same cast as the first film particularly Macaulay Culkin, Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern, John Hurd, with new, with new additional characters, including Tim Curry and, and Brenda Fricker. Plus, uh, plus you got Katherine O'Hara returning as uh, Kevin McAllister's mom. So, the Home Alone sequel, Home Alone 2, follows Kevin McAllister as he is separated from his family on their holiday vacation to Florida. This time in New York City. So, basically, Kevin is not at the house, but he is all alone in New York City. Where he has another encounter with the wet bandits, also known as the sticky bandits, according to Marv, after their escape during a prison riot. So yes, um, so so yes, that is basically similar to the first film, although the only difference is it takes place in New York City for Kevin McAllister, while for the, while for his family, they're in uh, Miami, Florida. So, any anyway the any, anyway um. John Hughes finished writing the film in February of 1991. Principal photography took place between December of 1991 and May of 1992. It was done on location in Illinois and New York, including at the Rockefeller Center and the original Royal Trade Center, to which I'll get to that part part pretty soon. The film Home Alone 2 Lost in New York was released in theaters on November 20th, 1992, with a two-hour runtime on a budget of twenty-eight million dollars, and um, it received mixed reviews from critics who, obviously enough, praised the performances of the cast while criticizing its darker tone and violence, as well as its similarities to the first film. And to be fair, I can understand where where the critics are are what the critics are saying, particularly with the fact that the sequel does have similar plot plot lines to the first film particularly the fact that one harry and marv are in this film although this time they're not they're they are not being wet bandits uh, flooding people's houses while robbing houses they're actually still stealing uh, money from toy from toy stores particularly duncan's toy chest kevin mccallister on the other hand is lost in new york city is lost in, is lost in new york city while being all alone so that's a little similar to the first film but as i mentioned He's not at home. He's in New York City. Plus, another another reason could be also they they also use the the, the traps like the traps from the first like like in the first film at, at his house, ha- but which is not at his house this time around. It is at uh, one of Kevin McAllister's uh, uncles, who uh, has a who has a what looks to be an apartment house a, a house on the street or an apartment. Or something that is being renovated, and and Kevin McAllister recreates some of the similar traps from the first film, but with a little different touches to it. If you know what I'm saying, because the only difference with the Kevin McAllister doing the traps at his uh, uncle's house or an apartment being renovated is that it's being renovated, so it's kind of being getting torn apart while being trying to trying to get put together. If you know what I'm saying. So anyway, um. It is a, it is the film itself is 30 years old and I thought I want to talk about it because cuz it is a fun film. I mean, despite being similar to the first film, I, I still like the film. I mean, I know Home Alone 2 Lost in New York is not it's not for everybody and I can understand that. But over time, it's still a pretty good film. I, f- from my point of view, I still see it as a as a fun Christmas film to watch over Christmas time. I mean, I mean, let's let's just be let's just be fair. The original Home Alone film that came out in 1990 is a classic. I mean, it wasn't even perfect to begin with. I mean, uh, a lot of people had mixed thoughts about the film, too, particularly with the slapstick and uh, and the violence that's going on, mainly because of the traps that are being presented in this film. But over time, the original Home Alone film got got better and better, and many people considered it to be a Christmas classic. Now, maybe not one maybe not the best Christmas film, but one of the best Christmas films. I mean, just saying, it's one of the best, not the best, one of the best Christmas films for the original Home Alone film. Now, with the sequel, now with the sequel, it's up there. I mean, it's not it's not one of the best sequels, but it's obviously I I is is it's obviously uh, the best sequel in the Home Alone franchise aside from Home Alone uh, 3 4 5 and 6 oh my goodness the home alone 6 that that little uh, that that little disney abomination that came out in 2021 by the way i reviewed home sweet home alone last year so so I'll, so if you want to check out my my review of home sweet home alone it is on the weiu website weiu.net under radio and through other WEIU podcasts, episode eighty, "Home Sweet Home Alone." That is my review of "Home Sweet Home Alone," which is episode eighty on the on the WEIU website. Under radio and through other, other WEIU podcasts, under Kodo's Cinema, although it's now referred to Kodo's Cinema, but when you when you get to that website, it's called it, it it's Kodo's Cinema, but it's obviously called Kodo's Cinema. I'll leave a link in the description. Uh, for for this episode as well, so anyway, so anyway, um, going back to uh, Home Alone Two, Lost in New York, I mean, it's not really it's not really much to say, but knowing the fact that yes, Kevin is in New York City this time, but but the thing is, he he was able to go with his family this time around, so it's a little difference. The fact that yeah, his family left. Kevin McAllister behind at his, at his, at his home. But now he goes with the family. Well, at the airport, at the O'Hare International Airport in Chicago. I mean, that that is like, yeah, that's actually right up my, that's actually right up my alley. I'm, I'm literally, I'm moving about, um, half an hour to 45 minutes towards O'Hare Airport, I should say. (laughs) I mean, that's literally right up my alley. (laughs) But other, other than that, other than that, um, uh, other than that, before before that, Kevin McAllister, pl- being played once again by Macaulay Culkin, um, obviously gets into trouble during a, a school pageant when Kevin's uh, solo gets interrupted by Buzz, but he knocks out Buzz and all the other singers who are singing along with him. Basically, basically, not only humiliating himself but also everybody involved. <laughs> And it's just it's just a crazy turn of events because after that Buzz makes a fake makes a fake apology to which the family accepts, berating Kevin McAllister when he says he retaliated for Buzz humiliating him, and then Buzz calls him a trout sniffer. Even even Kevin McAllister himself insults his family for believing Buzz's lives. and you know what? They, they, he was able to let it slide. He was able to let it slide. Doesn't even care about doesn't even care about the Florida trip after all for Christmas. And on top of that, the icing on the cake, he, um, he makes a rebuttal towards uh, his uncle, towards his uncle, uh, Uncle Frank, because uh, it, he calls Uncle Frank a cheapskate. Like, actually the quote itself is like, it's like oh, wouldn't you spoil you from Mr. Cheapskate? And this is, this is going towards Uncle Frank because in the first film, when uh, Kevin McAllister messed up the pizza, pizza night dinner in, in the first film, Uncle Frey calls uh, Kevin McAllister a little jerk. And the rebuttal was basically Kevin McAllister calling Uncle Frank a cheapskate in front of the entire family. And the, and the entire family was left speechless. I mean, that's technically a rebuttal. Oh my goodness that's literally a rebuttal for the uh, little little jerk line if you know what i'm saying but uh, <clears throat> but yeah and, the, and then you get the classic um mother and mother and son argument about like you'll spend hey you'll you'll spend you'll spend christmas time alone maybe at a different location maybe at a different location instead of the house you know yeah that's actually what happened in this that's actually what happened Kevin McAllister was able was able to spend Christmas in New York City, although the family do come come along for that once they realize that Kevin McAllister took his father's credit card. Although he doesn't know, I don't think he realized that it was the credit that it was his father's credit card because the thing was Kevin McAllister was holding his father's bag because the, because. He was trying to get batteries for his recording device in the middle of in the middle of in the middle of the airport while everybody's running to their uh, to their air to their airline gates or something. Well, to fly to fly to fly out of Chicago and that's uh, and that was like that was actually a big mistake on Kevin McCowser's part. He should have waited until he got until he gets on the plane to put in batteries for his recording device. But you know you gotta keep up with the plot of the film because. Um, because Kevin McAllister realizes once he got to New York City, he really, like he knows that he got on the wrong flight. Saying, "Oh no, my family's in Florida, and now I'm in New York." The same thing with the with Kevin McAllister's mom when they were at the um, when they were at the terminal or were at the location, you know, the baggage claim, the baggage claim where they were trying to claim their bags, and um, Kevin McAllister's mom was was like, on! and faints because because she lost Kevin again but now lost in New York you know what I'm saying (laughs) it's just hilarious it's just funny it's just funny but surprising too because the McAllister's did it again they lost Kevin twice yeah they lost Kevin McAllister twice so anyway, anyway, now Kevin's in New York City, and um, and the fact that, and the fact is uh, he's enjoying New York City so far. And we do get a pretty nice montage of Kevin McAllister going through uh, different okay loca- different locations. He's riding a taxi, and going over the the um, one of the bri- one of the uh, bri- one of the bridges. I don't think it's the Brooklyn. I don't think it's the uh, Brooklyn Bridge. It was probably something else. I forgot what bridge it was. It was. I mean, it was a, probably a different bridge? I, I don't think it was Brooklyn Bridge or something. But other than that, uh, he was able to go go through Chinatown, where he actually bought uh, fireworks that were actually used at the end of the film as a uh, I believe it was a beacon or something to alert the the to alert the police that uh, that Kevin Costner caught the uh, the wet bandits Harry and Marv, and uh, and then he looks through a uh, one of those like um, one of those like weird telescopes, you know. Not with the one eye, but like one, not with the one, not with the one lens, but two lenses. He was able because he was seeing through those to see the Statue of Liberty. And then, and then we get this. And then there's a shot where Kevin McAllister is on top of the World Trade Center. Now, now this is where I'm at right now, because in other versions on the other versions of Home Alone 2 that they played on TV, particularly with free form of the whole sequence with kevin McAllister going on top of the world trade center was was cut out because um because the reason being because of 9-11 and and the fact that this film came out in 1992 and the fact that the whole um, 9-11 attacks happened in september of 2001 real was really um it was really difficult. That was like a difficult situation. The fact that Freeform cut that thing out was, I guess, um, I guess you could say just to be safe. But other times, I mean, to me, it almost feels a little, um, how do I say this? Inconsistent. Because if you listen to the music, you listen to one of the songs. I mean, one of the songs was playing, it was a Christmas song. I forgot what Christmas song it was. It was being played it, at the start, where Kevin McCallister was inside that taxi, and going about to go into the city of into the city of New York City. At the very end, where he where he was looking at the Statue of Liberty, part of the song cuts immediately to the end, meaning that that part of us there was a there was a mixed missing section of that of the music cut out. Because the reason why, because it was edited out due to the World tra- due to the fact that, that the next shot sees Kevin McAllister going on top of the World Trade Center, but we don't see that. But we don't see that on TV, particularly with Freeform, because that's being cut out, and it cuts next to Kevin McAllister's parents, uh, talking to one of the police, officer, pol- police officers or um, one of the airline securities in uh, in Florida, discussing what happened to. Uh, what happened with the Kevin McAllister? So yeah, and then uh, mo- moving forward, as we enough, we get to see uh, Harry and Marv. Ret- Harry and Marv return, put, being played by Joe Pesci and Daniel Sturt. Love those two guys. Those those two guys are awesome. I also like the fact that Joe Pesci tries so hard, particularly going into the whole trap section. He tries so hard not to swear, and <laughs> that's just that just makes makes me laugh and 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 he and they their their plan is to uh, rob rob duncan's toy chest in um in new york city dur- during the night time on christmas eve where everybody goes home for their little holiday break kevin mccallister and then uh, kevin mccallister checks in at the plaza hotel pl- pl- plaza hotel and he runs into um he, he runs into uh, a couple of hotel employees Particularly the fact that we get Tim Curry, Rob Schneider, as one of the uh, hotel, as as two of the whole Plaza Hotel employees, and um, Tim Curry was a lot of fun. At uh, Tim Curry was a lot of fun in that film. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, he was he was definitely having having fun at at, at at that hotel. He was having a lot of fun playing playing the character inside the hotel, and on um, top of on top of that, Rob Schneider plays the, the bellman, the bellhop. And he was funny too. Rob Schneider is funny. Including uh, Dana Ivey, who is a who is a desk clerk at the Plaza Hotel, who helps check Kevin McAllister into the hotel. Oh, by the way, uh, Donald Trump even makes a cameo appearance in that film, giving Kevin McAllister's direction to the front of the lobby. Because, um, if, if, because uh, for those of you who don't know, long before pre- President Donald Trump's uh, election election he was a very popular uh, businessman he was a he was a businessman who who, um, who was who was one of the who was a, one of the few uh business owner owners and in, the, in this film donald trump is basically the owner of the plaza hotel at the time and and fun fact he allowed a uh, uh, d- director chris columbus to uh, to shoot the scenes in the hotel lobby in exchange for a cameo in the film, in addition to the standard fee for film productions. So that was a little, uh, that was a kind of like a little Easter egg too for, for those you know don't know the history of Donald Trump long before his presidency. So, so, so there you, there you go. Now, um, now Kevin has a lot of fun at the hotel. He orders, uh, room sir he orders room he orders like room service and uh, let's be honest that's not gonna go well on the bill because at the very end of the film he spent over 900 on room service <laughs> and of course i mean he he was able to get a limousine with cheese pizza gets a just gets a ride to duncan's toy chest even scares off tim curry with a clown of it with a uh with an inflatable clown of of his own nice little uh, nice little hint that tim curry will later play a scary clown in the it film i believe that was that that film that tv miniseries it came out a year after uh, home alone Two, which you know i mean because both home alone and it features tim curry (laughs) And also the fact that Kevin McAllister recorded his uncle's uh, "Singing in the Shower" song. <laughs> oh, come on! But also the fact that well, Kevin doesn't realize that he has the uh, credit card. I mean, he does he does know that he has a credit card. But the fact is, but the fact is, his parents uh, realize that he's got his parents realize he's got the credit card because Kevin has his father's bag. And, the, and then this th- the part uh, the part is where uh, one of the airport securities was like, dit- does he have that credit card? And Mr. McAllister was like, credit card, money, cash, everything. And and the guy was like, well, you better know about better know those c- credit card companies immediately because we'll, 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 we'll definitely get a location on it when when and if he uses it. Because here's the thing, because credit cards like this, it will definitely go on a transaction record knowing like, who, who uses the like basically like who used the credit card and where did this transaction where did this transaction happen so basically it ha- is happening in New York City so now they got a location they were able to get a location on him which was the Plaza Hotel and the, and the parents found that out uh, in the middle in the middle of the film when they were watching uh, when they were in Miami Florida I believe it's Miami Florida and they were watching uh, it's a wonderful it's a wonderful life on uh, on TV they they got the phone call they, got, they they got the phone call from the from the police from, from from the police and they were able to they were able to get a flight to New York City so which was actually pretty nice and of course uh, later on down the film uh Kevin counselor uh was able to check out Duncan's Toy Chest meets with meets with the the owner himself Mr. Duncan who is going to deliver the money to the children's hospital and and then of course, and then of course, gets the two turtle dubs. and and then uh, and then on top of that, Harry and Morph, Harry and Morph shows up because they recognize Kevin McAllister basically from the name from the name behind his bag. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, and and Harry and Morph chases Kevin down through New York City. Obviously, getting um, getting slipped over by a bunch of. Uh, necklaces because kevin mccallister bought a necklace should hold on to one for his mom because actually that because those necklaces are probably was probably is probably a good christmas gift too if you know what i'm saying but you know the necklace the necklaces has those little beads that you that can easily that can slide off and kevin mccallister was able to do that and of course um of course uh, kevin mccallister meets up with tim curry who found out that 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 Kevin McAllister stole the credit card because first of all it was his father's credit card, and Kevin McAllister committed credit card fraud. And then Kevin McAllister got scared of Tim Curry. Tim Curry's character runs through the hotel, almost gets almost gets uh, caught by uh, by two two of the hotel clerks, particularly Rob Schneider and uh, and, and the and the uh, lady and then the lady clerk, and the lady uh, front desk clerk or something. But, but, of course, um, they were stopped by uh, Kevin's uh, trick, old trick in the book. Fooling the hotel employees that, that, uh, that there is basically somebody else in the room. From uh, Angels with Even Filthier Souls. Because Kevin McAlister was watching a, a, a um, film within the film, film called uh, Angels with Filthier Souls. Which is basically a callback to Angels with Filthy Souls from the first film and boy and boy did 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 that did that sequence hold no punches because uh the guy this uh, gangster guy who is um who is talking through um talking through this whole sequence with tim curry well well not not in person but uh if you know what i'm saying because from the other side of the room if you know what i'm saying it's just it's just hilarious too because Kevin was able to pull this off, knowing that it's a funny prank, but also the fact that that this uh, uh, this gangster, the, the lead gangster who from Angels with Even Filthier Souls, uh, whoever the the, the guy's uh, name was, um, who who was that guy? I um, Johnny Johnny uh, Ralph Ralph Foodie being. Playing Johnny, the uh, gangster from Angels with even filthier souls. (laughs) Just imagine if that was an actual film. Just imagine if that was an actual film. Like Johnny is telling uh, Tim Curry's character, Hector, or concierge, the the concierge, that he was up at Kevin's room last night. And I smell you getting off the elevator you were here last night too, wasn't you? <laughs> and then he goes off by saying, you was here and you were smooching with my brother. Basically, he thinks, um, basically, um, basically, you knowing the fact that Tim Curry was, was, like, was completely sh- in shock and confused because Tim Curry's character, the concierge, was just up there just to check in with, not only Kevin, but he thought that it was his father up there. But it's, it seems like he's pretending that johnny is kevin McAllister's father i mean but then he keeps going and going saying that the concierge was smooching um some of johnny's like well-known buddies like snuffy Gale, leo little mole with the kippy leg jinx donnie bob cliff and then just this, this last part cliff because one of the officers who was with the concierge and the other hotel employees his name is cliff and I got a huge laugh out of that because <laughs> seeing the name Cliff, the, the police officer Cliff and the Cliff is like, it's a lie, because he thinks he thinks the concierge made out with this guy. I was like, holy holy cow! I mean, wow, the 90s were 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 definitely a different time. The 90s were definitely a different time, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, people you know you definitely know what I mean. <laughs> but I do like the next part where Johnny holds out a gun, holds out his Tommy gun. It's like get down on your knees and tell me you love me. And then the concierge is just embarrassed right now. Like, like even though he didn't do this stuff, he didn't do all this stuff. But it's just, just a prank. It's just a prank, just so Kevin McCowser could just leave the hotel safely (laughs) instead of being caught even though he gets caught by harry and marv later down the line with a with with harry having the m logo on his hand on his hand because his hand was burnt in the first film but after that but before that johnny was able to shoot the entire room and with all the other hotel employees ducking for cover and then johnny was like three because he was counting, because he counts on two first and then ends with three, and says "Merry Christmas, you filthy animals," and a happy New Year. Kevin walks out with a smile on his face. Obviously enough, Kevin McAllister gets caught by Harry and Marv, but somehow, uh, this lady throws in some some super punches in front of Harry and Marv. Kevin escapes, but somehow gets lost in the par- Somehow gets lost in the park. During the dark and this is where the part where it gets really really dark like I can understand where some some critics are saying criticizing the darker tone because it's basically like the end of the second act going into the third act it does get pretty dark well during because it's nighttime yeah I get it but it's just the fact that Kevin is lost in New York now and he's seeing all these strangers in the dark like they're basically like creepers like jeez like he even bumps into one and says, Watch again!" <laughs> <laughs> and then meets up with two with two uh, <clears throat> two female smokers smoking smoking away saying, "Hey looking for someone who needs to read a bedtime story, start laughing And then it meets up with a taxi driver who looks like a literal Frankenstein's monster. And then Kevin CosterWe goes and ends up in the park who actually meets some pigeons. And he was able to like uh, use three of it, one of his cookies that he got from the hotel to feed the pigeons, and of course he meets the pigeon lady. The and and he meets the pigeon lady earlier on in the film, but he meets the pigeon lady again. The pigeon lady is being played by uh, Brenda Fricker. That's her, that's her name. That's her actual name. Brenda Fricker is the actress playing the um, the, the the pigeon lady. And at first Kevin McCallister was scared because knowing the fact that he thought that she was creepy. But no, but no, not really at all because it turns out they they both have a conversation at Carnegie Hall while well, for during a Christmas concert and they were able to share like their side of the story. Kind of similar to Old Man Marley in the first film because it turns out because in the first film Old Man Marley was basically he he's basically not a bad man he's just basically a nice man who has a troubled past and you know i can get that to that even though despite the rumors about what what people may think of old man marley but you know and that's another similarity the fact that why some people criticize the film because of the similarities to the first film not only with the traps and the fact that kevin is all alone but also you know some you meet this uh beat this person who you think is a um Total, total monster jerk, or not what he he or she seems to be, but turns out to be a nice person in general with a troubled past, and I like that, and I like that, and I like how they share how they were able to share their how they were able to share their stories, like the pigeon lady and old man Marley. Now, after that, Kevin McAllister is walking walking along. Well, actually, before that, he was able to reach his uh his uncle's house, Uncle Robert's. Uncle Robert McAllister, that was the house or apartment on the street that's being renovated, although not at home because he doesn't, because Kevin McAllister doesn't realize that it's being renovated. But um, but then he, he, but then obviously he goes, does go to the park. It, right after that, and I already mentioned that. But then he goes by a children's hospital with the Christmas star, and he remembers this quote. From uh, Mr. Duncan saying all the money in the cash register, Mr. Duncan will deliver it to the children's hospital, and then you hear uh, Marv saying, and then at midnight tonight we'll hit Duncan's toy chest because um, Marv just spoiled it to Kevin McAllister, and then we get the we get the famous music from John Williams, the um, the Carol of the bells mixed with the traps theme, because Kevin McAllister is, is setting up the booby traps at his uncle's renovated house. He was able to build the traps and what wh- wh- did you know it? <laughs> what did you know it? The obviously enough you get the whole trap sequence and my favorite my favorite trap? Obviously the flame fr- flamethrower, but this time, but this time, but this time <laughs> um Harry gets blown up by it in the toilet because, because Kevin McCouser used some flammable um, liquid that blows everything up. It was so funny. Marv probably gets the worst out of it because Marv gets hit in the head with a brick four times. And look, I realized that in real life, he would have been dead. He would. Marv would have been dead in real life with those bricks. It's a movie. Sometimes you gotta turn your disbelief off, and this is where some of the critics are basically criticizing because of the slapstick and the violence that is being presented in the film, particularly with the traps. I think this is the point in time where you kind of need to turn your disbelief off. Even even there was even a YouTube reaction from uh, from a doctor who actually reacted just to, to many of these traps, and it's a pretty funny it, it is a pretty funny YouTube reaction too. But I could get I can get it where people are saying like yes it, it it will kill you in real life, but in a movie, this is a movie, so it's kind of slapstick. If you know what I'm saying, but obviously, you know with all the traps being being presented, I mean, Marv got the worst out of it because he got hit in the head with the bricks, fell off like a feet of like five feet five feet into the basement. I mean, gets hit in the head with a bag of flowers, and of course, and, cor- and of course, I was you know, follow- Harry and Marv falling like many feet below to to the bottom to the bottom of the street with barrels of paint falling on top of them and of course they were able to catch kevin catch up with kevin McAllister but on top of that harry had a gun harry has a gun it ends up at central park yeah they end up at central park Harry is about to shoot shoot the little kid with a gun harry, and oh boy yeah yeah with a gun like that and and just imagine if it was cocked, that would have been a uh, that would have been a PG thirteen rating right there instead of a PG film, if You know what I'm saying? But on top of that, um, before that, before that very next part at where the birdly bird or pigeon lady rescues Kevin, we cut to um Kevin McAllister's parents at the Plaza Hotel, where uh, Kevin McAllister's mom gives a good good earful to the concierge, saying that. You scared away my son, and it's Christmas Eve because of you, our child is lost in the biggest cities in the world. And she she gives him a good slap too at the very end when she was about to go hunt down, well not hunt, well find Kevin, his, her son Kevin. And it's just, it's basically funny because Mr. McCallis was told the concierge the after he said like, believe me your, your child is lost in one of the biggest cities in the world and then mr McAllister's like could you please stay out of this because yeah because the McAllisters had enough with this guy with this guy and then and then mrs McAllister had enough so she slapped the concierge in the face because of the fact that he scared kevin away because kevin's a child 12 year old child although yet again or no was he eight no he was eight i think it was 80 i think he was eight years old maybe nine i mean i don't i i don't know the age to be to be exact, I mean obviously, Kevin Macaulay Culkin was about eleven or 12 years old when this film was made, I guess. But on top of that but on top of that, um, but on top, on top of that, I mean Harry and Harry, but on top of that, Harry and Marv did rob the toy to, toy store. Even even Kevin McCallister give a crazy, um, give a crazy seesaw trap where it sends Harry flying in the air on top of a car breaking his back and that was before all the trap sequences happened but then flash forward to the um to the park where kevin mccallister was about to meet his demise thankfully the bird lady the pigeon lady shows up and and comes to the rescue by throwing bird seeds at at uh, harry and marv and all the pigeons attack harry and marv basically pecking Pecking the the, the bird seeds off their faces, leaving with a boatload of feathers on top of them. I also like at the very end where Kevin McAllister uses the fireworks to catch the police police officer's attention. The police arrest Harry and Marv. Marv drops all the Marv drops drops bombs by saying like, "We missed the presence oh, I'm sorry. Oh, we were robbing we were robbing Dungan Duncan's to- toy chest. And then Harry was like, "Shut up, Marv!" And then a pigeon comes out of comes out of Marv, and it's funny because now he drops another one. where are saying like, "We just got out of jail nine months ago." I guess the I guess those four bricks and bricks to the head kind of gave you concussion there, didn't you, Marv? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then obviously Harry and Marv are arrested um kevin mccalliser was able to be found by his mom at the rockefeller center you know that christmas tree at the rockefeller at the rockefeller center in new york city and of course uh, uh, mr duncan was able to I, I guess mr duncan was able to get the money back from harry and marv because harry and marv did steal the money but i guess the police were able to retrieve it and return it to mr duncan so he could bring it to the children's hospital but kevin left a note on on a brick because um kevin counselor was trying to stop the bad guys from robbing the toy store which to be fair he did succeed although i don't know if if i didn't know if he was he was able to get the bag back but i'm pretty sure um i'm pretty sure he did because i heard uh, mr duncan saying i'll make sure to deliver the money to the children's hospital immediately but he was able to read a note um apologizing to mr duncan about the window and of course um you know, he, he banking him for the turtle doves as well. And hey, if anything, if mister Duncan has insurance, Kevin Counsel was that we'll be able will be able to send money from Chicago to New York, if that's the case. And I like this little moment where um, Kevin and Kevin and his mom were able to see each other again they both apologize and of course spend the night at the at the plaza hotel wake up to christmas morning seeing all the presents and it turns out the present all the presents were from duncan's toy chest because buzz noticed that all the presents were many of the presents and one of the presents that he was about to open was from mr duncan so yeah and then we do get a nice ending very nice ending with kevin mccallister and the pigeon lady at the at the park where he gives her the, the turtle doves. And that was a very sweet ending. And then of course. Uh, uh, Rob Schneider's character. come Comes up to the room. With the bill. It turns out it was Kevin McAllister's bill. From when he was at the hotel. Because Kevin McAllister ordered room service. And Spend $900, over $900 on room service. And then the film ends with Kevin being shocked and runs back to the hotel. And then you get the music from John Wounds being played in the background in the credits roll. Yeah, simple as that. And I guess you could say... Um, I guess you could say. I mean, I still like the film. I'm pretty sure a lot of people still do, but I can understand why some people thought it was more similar to the first film. Because uh, yeah, because there were definitely similar elements from the first film that are being played in the second film. So I can understand that. But also, some sometimes you gotta really turn your disbelief off too. Because one, it's a movie. It's a it's a movie, particularly you know when it girl comes with the traps, and. When it comes with the traps, I mean, I get it, I get it. Traps like this that Kevin MacLachlan has will kill people in real life, but in the movie, this is a movie. This is this is a this is a movie. So you kind of kind of need to turn the disbelief off. And I, I can I can understand where people are coming from with this, but at the same time, you gotta turn your disbelief off and just realize you're watching a a fun a fun christmas film despite its flaws and similarities it has is home alone 2 is still a fun christmas film even 30 year even even after 30 years later and i still like this film i mean i like Macaulay Culkin as Kevin McCallister i mean surprisingly this was his last time as Kevin McCallister because in the other home alone films they're just different act- different actors and i mean i get it is a nice little change but still i consider home alone 2 as the best sequel in the home alone franchise overall in my opinion, I mean the other actors are fine too. Catherine O'Hara is still fine as the mom. John Hurd as the dad. I like still like Harry and Marv being played by Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern, and of course, I mean Brenda Fricker as the uh, pigeon lady was fine too. And I like I like I like many of the performances in this film. John Williams' musical score in this film still holds up. I, I love John Williams. This was I love his music in, in the Home Alone films. Chris Columbus and John Hughes did a fantastic job with this film. I mean, to be fair, despite the flaws that this film has, it still holds up pretty well. And um, other and other than that, I think that's that's basically my take my take on the on this uh, basically breakdown Home Alone two. I mean, what did you go all think? I mean, did you like Home Alone two? Did you think Home Alone two is better than all the other Home Alone films? I mean, let me know your thoughts in the comments. So anyway, um. This concludes um, Kodos Cinema Christmas Month, and this also concludes the fourth season of Kodos Cinema. And I will say this: it's been a wild ride for two thousand twenty-two. But you know what? A new year is coming, coming in. So anyway, um, I, I and so anyway, I hope you all listening to this were able to enjoy this. We're able to get a few 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 chuckles in, maybe a couple of laughs, and maybe something, you know, a little 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 something to listen to, you know, when you're when you're not doing anything. But I thought, you know, I thought I'd like to I I thought I'd like to present this podcast because, you know, I it's a it's fun to do a podcast and you know, express your own thoughts and opinions on what you think about different film about different films and of course different Christmas films as well that, that are being played during Kodo Cinema Christmas month and outside of that as well. So anyway, for those of you who are listening, thank you all for tuning into Kodo Cinema. And also have a Merry Have a Merry Christmas. have, have a happy holidays. Happy New Year's. Kodo Cinema will return in 2023. And as and as always, I'm your host, Mark Kodo, aka Kodo Man. Remember to watch movies and stay positive. Have a Merry Christmas. Have a happy holidays. And and 2023 is about is about to come in pretty soon.